This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a very exciting episode. Um, We did have an episode just the other day which is based off a blog and it's kind of a 101 so we've got more of a deep dive on a lot of different subjects. So today our keynote address is going to be on amethyst sage agate which is known as the grape jelly. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about an adventure that I was going to do this weekend, but maybe it'll be the next weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the Emerald Heart of Africa, a $6 million ring. We're going to talk about Princess Diana's favorite gym. We've got some great human interest stories. Plus, we received a letter from Bridger Walker and his family in regards to the rocks that we sent. We did a little video, and we'll talk about that. We'll read the letter. Also, um, there is the African amethyst, which is something you may not, it's something that you wouldn't think it is. We're going to talk about the moon. It's actually rusting. Uh, We've got a couple fossil topics, including a new crocodile-like animal, um, another dino that was reconstructed after 162 years, and a new shark found in Michigan. All that and more. Um, But first, I want to thank you guys for supporting the channel and um, supporting all that we do. We've been able to um, give back and by putting out educational information, by helping new ones get educated. And a lot of you are out there in the community. You're doing that, too, and just keeping the hobby alive. Um, One of the ways you can reach us on this blog is you just go to the description, and I have our um, blog site, which is radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And on any one of our blogs, you just scroll down to the bottom, and there's all the links. Um, The newer blogs have the most recent links on them, and you can get connected with all our social media, whether it be on um, YouTube, um, whether it be on uh, MeWe or Parler uh, and even Facebook. So we appreciate your support on that. Come get connected. There's a lot of valuable information and uh, good connections to make in that way. So let's get right into it. Um, One of the first things I would like to talk about is I received this letter from uh, Bridger Walker and his family. Now, you might remember in the news there was that uh, young boy, I think he was about six years old, his sister was attacked by a ravaged dog, and um, he just fought that dog off, and it, you know, chomped holes in his face. He had all kinds of stitches and lacerations, and it was just kind of one of those, um, you know, it it wasn't a happy ending, except, you know, it was one of those heroic type things, kind of a feel-good story like that. And little Bridger Walker ended up uh, in the article said he was a rock hound. So we were able to do a video, and we've talked about him on the podcast a couple times because we're inspired by that, and we like these type of stories. And um, we sent uh, a bunch of rocks uh, and minerals. We did a little video on YouTube on each of the rocks explaining what they were, just some basic information, and uh, sent several pounds of those over there to him. And so anyway, we received this uh, letter today and it looked like it was just printed and it was going to be, you know, pretty boilerplate, but here's how it goes. It actually was not boilerplate. It said, dear Shane, thank you so much for sending your support to Bridger. He would have loved to send personalized cards to everyone, but he's still working on his spelling 
and penmanship. That is why we, Bridger's family, are helping him send out a thank you. We're so grateful for your compassion and generosity. It was really kind for you to send Bridger the beautiful rocks. These were some beautiful rocks, and Bridger is so excited to add them to his collection. We also look forward to watching your video. Um, You and individuals like you are the heroes that make the world a better place. You have followed Bridger's story on social media. You might have seen our invitation to bear one another's burdens, stand up for and protect those that are weak, oppressed, or those whom the world might forsake. Mourn with those who mourn, comfort those who need comfort, and love one another. We thank you for all you have done to bring greater peace to our home, and we are sure to Uh, your own community. We wish you all the best and send you a big Bridger hug, Bridger Walker and family. So, you know, that's thanks to all of you guys too, because when you listen to the podcast, um, we do receive a tiny bit of monetization. And um, when you, at some point, if we ever get enough followers on YouTube, they will monetize us. And uh, even the blogs will at some point, if we get enough um, downloads and stuff, and we're taking that money and we're using it right now, we've spent our own money and used all of that money toward, you know, educational and stuff like this reach out to uh, Bridger Walker and things like that so we're hoping that we can get a big enough audience that we can do more and expand more and actually you know produce higher quality content and things like that as well um, toward toward the channel and everything so with your help we will be able to do all that and more all right so that was something I wanted to share with you. One other personal thing I'd like to share with you um, is I am going, or I was going to go this Saturday and dig for gyms in the San Diego mountains at a uh, pay-to-dig site um, at the Ocean View Mine. And I am scheduled to go out there Sunday. So if you're in the area and you want to go out there and meet me and dig for some gyms, I will be video recording uh, bits and pieces of that as I do it, and I will try to get that, um, lo- you know, downloaded at some point. So that's something exciting um, to look forward to as well. Now let's get into some of these other subjects that we have to talk about today. Um, the first one that I have up here is Princess Diana's favorite jewel. Now, if if you don't like Princess Diana, then um, I don't know. It's just, you know, the pageantry. She was such a wonderful personality, a very positive person. You know, you see that so little today. My grandmother just loved Princess Diana. Uh, My wife loves Princess Diana. She was just, she dressed um, not, um, you know, not really like crazy or over the top, but just so beautifully and um, um, really of dignity. And yet she was, uh, you know, just so well loved of a person by the world, actually. So anyway, her favorite gemstone, it mentions it here, believe it or not, at the uk.sports.yahoo.com news. There's an article here by Richard Burrow dated September the 3rd. And uh, he just mentions here that one of her favorite loves was the royal sapphire and pearl brooch. Um, it was something that she she wore with her iconic revenge dress. Uh, if you are of that time period or you remember that, um, when she came out after the problems of her marriage and everything and just had all that beautiful um, jewelry on, um, 
yeah, there's a picture of it here. It's a crown here with these beautiful, huge um, blue sapphires and diamonds all encrusted in uh, this uh, little princess crown here. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, also, that was something she, she loved, but she had this sapphire and pearl brooch that was also um, very beautiful. And there's pictures of it all here on the site. Sapphires historically stood for the ideals of nobility, sincerity, and faithfulness and also associated with religion, the clergy, and um, royalty. So this could have been uh, part of her attachment to it is the idea of the sincerity and the faithfulness and things like that. But uh, the article goes into some detail if you want to find out more about uh, Sapphire and its tie to the royal the royals. Now let's take a look at a fossil here. A Hillsdale biology professor discovers a new shark fossil. This is dated September the 3rd by Christian Peck Dimmitt and it was uh, you can find that on Hillsdale College uh, or oh no I'm sorry Colligian.com C-O-L-L-E-G-I-A-N.com Hillsdale uh, if you want to go see that he has a model here of this little shark that he found and uh, in Michigan. So they found this tooth. It's only three millimeters long. But, uh, you know, this was like a really crazy place that they found um, that uh, of sharks in this area and the first of its kind in Mission, uh, Michigan and only the third of this type in found in all of North America. So maybe some more of these things will be found in the future, but uh, it's pretty understanding, pretty, um, you know, a lot of understanding is coming to how sharks were um, uh, developing and where they were spreading across the earth. And of course they say evolving and things like that. Um, but it's always neat to see that happen in America. Now the next article, the moon is rusting. And why is the moon rusting? Well, at uh, sciencealert.com, there's an article here called Bizarre Discovery Reveals the Moon is Rusting Even Without Liquid Water and Oxygen. It's written uh, September 3rd by Michelle Starr. Now, the moon here, we know there's really no water. There's no liquid water. There may be ice, maybe, or something like that, they say, but there's no no water on there right now to cause it to rusting. But this um, hematite that's on the moon, it's, it's baffled science, and it's oxidizing from... It's an oxidized form of iron that um, here on the Earth, it requires the presence of both all right, had a little interruption there, but we're back to the moon rusting and got a cup of coffee in hand here. But this hematite is something that is on the moon, and scientists are puzzled about how it is actually rusting. Um, they feel that because it's bombarded with a stream of hydrogen from the solar wind, um, this is some sort of a reducing agent that makes the electrons and materials interact with it and causes this oxidization um, from that. But uh, they said that the moon is really an unusual place or a terrible place for that to occur. If you want to find out more about the article, you can check that out. It's pretty interesting. Next, I want to talk about the $600,000 ring. I think I stated $6 million in the beginning, but it's a $600,000 
dollar ring. Uh, it's a 75 carat. They call it a crocodile ring. This is on the businessinsider.com.au, and it's written by Manuel Silvian Polis on September the 3rd. And there's a little video here that shows this beautiful stone. I think we might have mentioned either uh, something from this designer before, but it's got two crocodiles kind of wrapped around the outside edge and this blue Paribia gem. Paribia? It's P-A-R-A-I-B-A. And uh, it is really a beautiful, mesmerizing stone that's incorporated in this ring. Next, uh, kind of a human interest story here. This is called the Spectacular African Amethyst. Now, it's not what you think. It's not an amethyst. It's actually a starling, a bird. Its wings and its head are iridescent and really look like a spectacular amethyst. They are beautiful um, thing to see. Uh, bird watchers know that the European starling uh, is a decent looking bird it's at best um, but with golden plumage but this starling from Africa its cousin violet black iridescent wings just beautiful amethyst or plum colored starling looks and lives worlds away from its Euro-American counterpart and lives in sub-Sahara Africa very unique bird does resemble the purple gemstone after which it's named. Uh, that was written by Robert J. Watson, September 2nd, and is in the epictimes.com if you want to read that uh, and find out more about it. Now, another dinosaur article here. This huge dinosaur here, and I had some information that I looked up on it, the Seglodosaurus, uh, they have found... Uh, or no, they found it 162 years ago. It's apparently been sitting in boxes and its skeleton has finally gotten put together. This article is in the english.jargon.com um, and was published on September the 2nd. I don't see a credit for the writer here, but oh, New Delhi, no. Nah. New Delhi. Anyway, they have a picture of this creature. It is huge. Um, it is 193 million years, they claim. The University of Cambridge paleontologist said that uh, this was a member of a dinosaur called the Ankylosaurus, which was heavily armored. Um, it had a bony um, club at the ends of their tails. They had these, um, they were dubbed the tank dinosaurs because they have these actual platelet bones inside their body and uh, were very, very strong. They found a complete skeleton um, and they researched, uh, they looked at it and they said, you know what, we got to put this thing together. This is about time. Um, and it was put, uh, let's see, and they were taken to London's Crystal Palace to display it as a mark of history. This animal here is 14 meters long. Uh, it's a four-legged creature, and if you're in America, that actually means it is 42 and a half feet long, over 42 and a half feet long. Four-legged plant eater with spiny, bony armor, um, just really crazy and uh, big, huge, huge creature. You can see pictures of it here if you want to find out more about it. Um, Another rare fossil discovery. I think this is our last fossil story. Um, 
This is another rare fossil. Uh, the article is September 2nd, written by David Zamet in swiftcurrentonline.com is where you can look it up. They've got pictures of the bones here. This interesting um, creature is a relative to um, the crocodile, and it was found in Satcha, Satcha Chuan. Satcha Chuan, yeah, over a week ago. Um, let's see, I did some more information here on it. Where is it? Um, so it's a champ, Champsosaur. It's a crocodile-like animal, and uh, it is real interesting because not only is this kind of a new creature that uh, you know they've just kind of been finding out more and more about, it's fairly um, complete um, fossil. I believe it's 60% of the fossils there. They've got a picture of it. And what's really crazy is, you know, when they find these dinosaurs, they have this layer where, where they say this is the extinction boundary, okay? And all those dinosaur bones are found below that layer and that's just what they teach well this was found three meters above the extinction boundary so here's a dinosaur that's supposed to be extinct they've always taught that it was extinct and now here it is being found above that so pretty interesting that they found it they've got a leg and ankle all sorts of uh, pieces of the skeleton it's in relatively good shape it died in a good place near a body of water it was covered with mud which really helped preserve it so um, they're looking at this and they're definitely going to go back and look for more because uh, maybe there's more in this area and uh, hopefully learn more about it they've got a really cool picture and model of what it would look like and uh, it has teeth that look like sabers um, and uh, looks like it was a force to be reckoned with and fish feared it everywhere but they have the complete uh, skeleton of the champsaur champsosaur skeleton um, about 95% complete found on August the 22nd alright Emerald Heart of Africa um, this article is out of uh, geologyforinvestors.com. Came out uh, on August or yeah August 28th by Olian Remnikova, and uh, they have a picture of the site here, the open pit mine at the uh, Kajim mine in uh, Kavbuk area in Zambia, Africa. It's one of the largest suppliers of gem quality emeralds in the world, uh, only second to Colombia. And uh, it is on both sides of the Kafubu River. It is an area that is home to the Kajim Emerald Mine, which accounts for 25% of the world's emerald population um, in this beautiful Copper Belt Providence, um, which is very mineral rich. And they, the mine is one point. They estimate that the, there is 1.8 billion carats of emerald and beryl on uh, in really good grade, uh, and they've produced some 36.3 million carats of emerald and beryl, including 204,000 excuse me 204,600 carats of premium emerald really neat emeralds coming out of that place and now you know a little bit about where a lot of the emeralds come from um, one more little human interest story before we get into our main topic our keynote on the amethyst sage agate the grape jelly um, this is in uh, big hamilton 
I know I'm saying it wrong, but uh, it's in New York. And here, after five months of this shutdown, even in New York, this Robinson Museum of Science Center uh, made a comeback this weekend, and they have uh, Saturday's Rocks and Fossil Days, and it's it's meant to get kids out of the house where they can learn and be safe. They learn to identify rocks, um, create their own fossil imprints. They have to wear masks and social distancing, but at least they're getting it going. They're trying to get things a little closer to normal, and they're reaching out to people, uh, to kids, about rocks and minerals and helping establish that love. There's a little video there. You can find that on WBNG.com if you want to see that. It's called Safety Measures in Place as Robertson Resumes In-Person Activities. Now for our keynote address, um, I got this article from an uh, email that was sent from rockinjim, the letter n, jim.com, and it's dated September 3rd by administration. It says, what to cut amethyst sage agate. Now they've got some pictures of this beautiful stone here where they have uh, carved it into some hearts, and uh, it looks kind of white, but it has this purple hue to it, which is the amethyst, and these dendritic um, designs all through it. Now, uh, Russ uh, Kanyuth's What to Cut, Seeking Grape Jelly Agate, okay? Uh, You can go to Rock and Jim at www.rock, the the word rock, the letter N, jim.com. Russ uh, Kanyuth wrote the article. He says that the amethyst sage agate has been around for a long time. It's very popular. Um, I never heard of it before. I've heard of amethyst, um, different types of amethyst and amethyst rocks and things like that, but I've never heard of amethyst agate. Um, It's out there, but it's just one I missed. It's beautiful purple and gold colors and magnanese dendrite patterns run throughout. Um, Dale Hewitt of West Coast Mining owns this claim, which is near uh, Danino, Nevada, where the mineral can be found. And it's abundant in the area, but not all examples contain the purple hues that everyone's after. The rich blue hues, which is commonly called the grape jelly, is the great appeal of the material. The translucent purple chalcedony that presents with flowering manganese dendrites is breathtaking. There's many color variations like a pale uh, lilac and a gray and a wonderful dendritic patterns that make this material perfect for cabochon um, designs. Now, hunting for the grape jelly. Um, when beginning to cut a slab from this material, you got to know that the stuff is hard and the saws need to be a little bit slower to keep the blade from overheating. Um, when you secure it in the vise, just make sure you use all the right um, techniques to be safe. It says that the patterns have no direction, so there's really You know, it's anyone's guess which way to cut it. Um, Just go with what works best with the stone. Unless you see something that you think, you know, you can pop out of it, then go with your gut. Um, When you're working with the larger sizes, um, pieces of this agate, uh, what uh, what he likes to do is cut it in half first to see what's inside and reveal the patterns and their directions, which helps you decide to make your next cut. Or you could cut a piece off the end, too. So, I mean, either one of those could be an idea uh, depending on a stone then they uh, then he goes ahead and starts cutting his stones at that point with all agates um, you could have some fractures but this material is pretty solid most of the time 
but it's best to bench test any agate slab to check for um, fractures before cutting. Now we have some good blogs on how to heal fractures and some good materials to do that um, are recommended in there as well. So um, just, you know, if there's any loose pieces, knock those off uh, or grind them off carefully and then move through the cabbing process. Once your preforms are cut, um, you're ready to start cabbing and uh, you just start with a standard 80 grit. Uh, it says be cautious not to chip too much off the back edge because the harder, uh, with harder agates like this, uh, you when you grind the preform shapes a uh, tad larger than your patterns, about 0.5 millimeters away from the draw lines, then go to the 140 grit soft resin wheel, which is coarse enough to still grind the material, but does so in a softer manner than the steel wheels. So, you know, uh, a hard wheel could chip it and, uh, and, and your edges and stuff as you're doing that. So this allows you to do uh, the cab and the top domes a little nicer. It says using a 140 grit soft resin wheel means less effort and time will be needed and spent on the 280 and 600 grit wheel. The rest of the process is routine. Finish with the 14K grit wheel and then um, it should be starting to show a beautiful high polish. If you want to go step further to get a mirror polish, you can use a leather buff with cerium uh, oxide. Um, so if you want to contact, um, if you want some of this material, you contact West Coast Mining. The email is uh, capital W, capital C, capital M, I-N-I-N-G. So it's WC Mining at bmi.net so there's a free shout out for him with the amethyst sage um, really neat stuff I don't I have no idea how much it costs you'll have to talk to him and find out but I would expect to shell out a few bucks to get some of this higher quality material especially so with that folks um, that's that's the end of our show today hope you enjoyed it please check out our blog radicalrocksusa.com blogspot.com. Remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.